0: Hello, I am Jesper.
1: And I'm Autumn. This is episode 81
2: of the Am Writing Fantasy podcast. And today's episode is actually a suggestion from one of our supporters on Patreon. Iris said, what is the ideal time to write sequels when working on a series? So we quite found this a quite interesting question mm-hmm. uh, and we decided to turn it into a full episode however we did decide <laughs> to rephrase the question slightly <laughs> so we rephrased it into this how do you plan and write a series so Which that's what we're going to talk about today.
1: I think it's a great topic because, I mean, fantasy, everyone loves a good series. But yeah, it's an interesting, uh, you know, figuring out when do you need to write the whole series? How much do you plot the whole series? How do you figure it out and want to release books and how all that happens? So I think it'll be a good episode. Hopefully so. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the plan, at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, we usually succeed in our plan, so I'm sure we'll get there. But for now, I mean, gosh, we haven't talked for almost uh, for a week. So, how are things over on your side of the Atlantic?
2: No, it's pretty good over here. Um, I must say them. I sort of have my. I'm like a trail dog with the nose in the <laughs> trail or whatever you, however you say that properly. But my main focus is just getting everything done for a moment before uh-huh. summer holidays comes around. So I must admit that it's. Quite busy at the moment. <laughs> uh, I'm getting the self-publishing success course recorded, awesome. um, but I'm halfway through that one now. So that's, I know. That's I'm awesome.
1: so impressed with how well you get your half the courses done. It's amazing. So yeah, you're gonna have that one ready. I think you'll make it. You'll get it done before you end up going on vacation. And yes, I, I you are totally burning the candle at both ends. How's that? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm thinking I can last for a couple of weeks yet uh, burning in both ends of the candle here without (laughs) collapsing. But uh, I'll probably uh, need the rest once uh, Summer Holidays comes around because it's not only the self-publishing success course, we're also preparing to launch our fantasy writing course by the end of August. (laughs) And just because we're even more insane... Because, you know, why not? We also, we're also also in the middle of launching three nonfiction books all at once.
1: <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Yes, I mean, I am elbow deep in adding images and formatting those books. So I think we are totally insane, but... I'm so excited to see all this happening. We said this was going to be a big year, and not just because of pandemics and riots and protests. We're hoping for it to be a big year for us, too, with courses and books and exciting things that will hopefully help out other writers and authors. So I think we're doing well.
2: Yeah, the idea is basically, by the end of this year, we sort of want to have all this... uh these elements in place so that we're ready for next year where we want to focus on fiction writing so yeah. we have all the nonfiction parts and all the course parts and all the author business services and all this stuff <laughs> we want to get that done before we get to the end of this year yeah. end of 2020 so that we're basically ready to shift our focus a bit next year but uh, well but I'm actually I have to say I'm really pleased that all the three nonfiction books that so that's the plotting book, the workbook that goes with the plotting book and the getting story ideas and creating a story premise book, all three of them have actually earned the number one new release tag on Amazon for their respective categories. So that's pretty damn cool.
1: Ooh, yeah, celebrate, waving the sparklers. I was very, so excited, all three of them, which I'm going to say, if anyone wants to know, Jesper is in charge of, you know, managing the categories and the Amazon ads and that's all him, but I'm so excited. Yeah. It was fantastic to see those little orange tags come up. <laughs> yeah, especially for all three of them. I, I thought that was pretty cool. That's a full suite. But, uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, indeed. But And actually, to be honest, it's not that hard to do. Uh, but <laughs> we will explain how to do that in the self-publishing success course that uh, once that comes out for free later this year so and it it's it's not that hard to do so it, it's nice with those uh, orange tags there on amazon number one new release uh, that that's really cool yeah but to be honest as long as you know what you're doing we probably only earn ten dollars in royalties from that.
1: But... <laughs> <laughs> but we have the tags so that's awesome and yeah, yeah. talk about proofing concept i think people should be very excited about this course because it really works
2: <laughs> it does work for sure but uh, how uh, things are things with you?
1: Oh, it's good. We're in. Uh, we're in. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, but I'm definitely not a hot weather type of girl, and so I like the cold. I like the north, and summer is mm-hmm. tough. But we just we went through a, a humidity so thick that it felt like you're breathing underwater. Finally, got cleared off, and we're in like barely 72 degree days. So it's like you know you kind of want to fleece on. It's just. Gorgeous, oh, okay. gorgeous, low humidity. I mean, just sign me up for a lifetime of this. And so when I hit this weather, I also hit my work groove. And so I'm just plowing through a lot of work and it's good i've got some graphics i've got beautiful weather my garden's doing well i'm working on books writing just a little bit on the side just because hey we're writers which is what i was actually going to say about half the reason why we want to get our platform done for am writing fantasy is because we're writers we want to write so we're so yeah, excited about right. these books so we've been plotting
2: really want to get back to fiction writing
1: yeah <laughs> so it's good things are you know, this week is a good week, world is in chaos. But I uh, I still remember my leadership course from my old full time job. And we read the seven steps of highly effective people, which was an interesting book. Right? Yeah. Yes, I love yeah, that. Absolutely. And I come I back it. to that idea when you feel overwhelmed to work inside your sphere of influence. So I am working yes. very hard in my sphere of influence to make sure that there's the a positive positivity and productivity around me and and occasionally taking a little bit of time off for maybe some self-care and sitting on the porch and drinking some tea.
2: Yeah, I think I read that book first the first time when I was in my early twenties. Oh, nice timing. And it was like Yeah, and when I read it, it was like, wow. Yeah. You know, I really felt like complete eye opener. It yeah. was like, wow, I never thought about things this way. Yes. It was like, it's amazing. It is a good book. I love that book. <laughs>
0: A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy podcast.
2: So, over the weekend, I noticed a conversation going on in the Am Writing Fantasy Facebook group. Mm. And, uh, well, I guess before I get into that, I have to say that I appreciate all the different points of view and also the willingness in the group to respect other people's opinions because there were certainly some different opinions in that conversation there. Uh, But anyway, the the conversation was about using a story structure or not using a story structure.
1: Oh, interesting. I missed that one. And I was even in the group a couple of times this weekend. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it was sort of, it started in one place and then it,
2: Throughout the comments, there was probably like forty comments on that one, and then uh, down down the 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 road somewhere there in the comments, uh, it started. They started debating whether or not a story should have you should follow a story structure or not. And on one hand, some said that they didn't want to read something formulaic, Uh um, and others then said that it's not about creating something formulaic, but rather how to apply a structure to a story to you know, study writing and understanding how stories work. And I, I thought that was pretty interesting.
1: That uh, is a good conversation. I will have to go look for that one. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, since we've written an entire guidebook <laughs> on how to plot a novel, it's really no secret where we stand in this conversation. No. Uh, I decided not <laughs> to pitch in there in the comment section, but uh, it's, I think it's pretty clear what our view is that stories that work do follow a structure, and oh, that yeah. is nothing about being formal leg or anything. Uh, no. We do explain why in the plotting book uh, on why we think this way, so I'm not gonna labor that here. But my main point, I guess, is just to acknowledge that I like to see how the Facebook group is able to have constructive conversations when there are different points of view or disagreements. I, I really think that was nice to see.
1: Yes, there was, I did notice recently, I mean, there was um, a few people talking about how and why they liked the group and how very supportive. And people were, you know, open to different interpretations, were very honest with each other and very kind with each other. And they had compared it to other groups that seemed to not be dominated by just a couple of individuals and how much, am writing fantasy isn't that way and i just uh, really it was hard not to chime in there and say thank you but just let them go on and be like yeah i i think this group is pretty fantastic too so i think that is they do a wonderful job of being nice and supportive but also being good critique partners and helping each other out so it's a really wonderful group know what i thought Yeah, because go ahead
2: Okay. No, yeah, I was just about to say because honestly it's not that easy, you know, no. because especially especially when you're thinking about anything on the internet, you know, a Facebook group or it could also be common sections on YouTube or whatever. But when people can behind they can hide behind the screen and behind the keyboard and you don't have to sit there in front of somebody and tell them the same thing to their face, it is so easy to be the Let's call it a nasty commander yeah, who, who just person. have a very yeah. who's just very opinionated about everything and, and thinks that you know the best and and those kind of people. It's so easy to do, and and I think sometimes it's not because those people want to be nasty or anything. It's, it just comes across differently when, for one, you hide behind your screen, and secondly. It, when you're writing and you cannot hear the person's tone of voice or see the expression, yes, just in writing in general, I can also see it uh, from a day job perspective. You know, when you get emails about something, that's very different when they call you about yes. something. Um, so, I, I just think that this whole conversation that was going on there, there was definitely different opinions in there, but it never <laughs> turned nasty. Oh, that's wonderful, and I really like that. So I just wanted to do a shout out to every group members in the Am Writing Fantasy Facebook group and say, Well done everyone. You know, keep the conversation going because we we can all learn from one another and Absolutely. I think that's important.
1: And yeah, the group is just, just awesome. So big shout out to them because they're it's really a dynamic group. I'm not even a Facebook fan, but I absolutely lo- love the group. So that says something to me. Oh, Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> if, if I didn't have to, if we didn't have the Facebook group and I
2: didn't have to run some ads for us on Facebook, I would definitely <laughs> uninstall it from everywhere. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, we're in the same boat there. The things we do just, you know, because we're writers. What I thought was interesting So I did some research And then we just got a nice email From James Brown Who is one of our new Patreon members But he was actually emailing back um, Regarding our newsletter We send out to people who join our list Or pick up one of our things Like the starter kit Or the global download And I thought it was neat Because it actually spawned something in me That I had thought of ages ago And just remembered And that was that We send out a newsletter with like really good writing tips that almost invariably, whenever one of them goes out, we hear back from at least a handful of people. Somebody says, oh, my gosh, thank you. This came at the perfect timing, just like James just said. (laughs) And I was thinking of all the writerly things that I'm involved in and even non-writerly. I mean, I'm into like what travel and bushcraft and all this other stuff that I got going on in my life. None of them, once you sign up for something or do a course, they all peter out And maybe you'll hear from them when they're doing affiliate marketing for someone else. But we don't do that. We have this newsletter that like goes out every three weeks or so with really good tips. And it just keeps we keep adding to it and adding to it. And I don't know anyone else who does that. So I wanted to give us a big pat on the back and say, this is really (laughs) cool. I don't know anyone else who keeps delivering this to people and trying to be helpful no matter because you signed up for a a free something like five years ago, we're still trying to give you helpful tips. And I also think it's cool because, I, you know, it's something people can sign up for and just go on to. But I realized today that there's no easy way of getting it unless you pick up something free. So I know we've talked about fixing up our website and thinking, you know, we have to find a way of like, just, just subscribe to the I'm writing fantasy email list and get tips. But right now, if you want to get these awesome tips, you have to go and like, pick up a free writing course like the starter kit so that's always there though if anyone's interested
0: and on to today's topic
2: okay you know actually i was thinking that the best place to start is probably to just talk about how do you even decide if a series is the right choice for the story that you want to tell That is because one thing is that we're going to talk about writing in series and how to do that. But before you, eat, you can even get to that part, it is relevant to question the story that you want to write. Is that supposed to be a series? You know, is that a good match?
1: Yes, I feel like channeling our old AI, old McGrumpy, I just feel this need to bring him back to life (laughs) I always forgot about him (laughs) (laughs) he was the best devil's advocate and I feel that urge within me to be the devil's advocate and just say it's fantasy, of course it's a series duh
2: so (laughs) yeah if if anybody doesn't know what autumn is talking about try and go to the am writing fantasy youtube channel and watch some of the older videos and then you'll you'll understand what she's talking about
1: and the first we believe it or not the first podcast because i I recently added the transcripts and he is in the first like first 10 15 podcasts so if you go back there you will actually hear old mcrumby's voice and his um salty sarcastic wisdom (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, I and I think
2: from a business standpoint at least, and we we talked about this before, but from an author business standpoint, it makes most financial sense to write in a series, but I think you could find some arguing where not all stories and or I guess characters are suited for a series, not all the time necessarily. There are those books that just works well as standalones as well.
1: I totally agree. There is definitely some books. I mean, I'm still playing with, I love trilogies. I've got two Epic Fantasy trilogies, but I have this idea for this other story. And my initial instinct was, oh, a trilogy. But I keep looking at it going, I don't know if there's more than one book in there. So there Mm. is, you know, I could feel a gut instinct kicking in, but there's definitely ways of doing this is much more concrete step by step than saying how much material how much does my character change is there enough action to make this last for three books, is it two books, is it seven books, what's going to happen here
2: yeah and it also comes down to how much you're putting at stake
1: mm, but yes.
2: also the actual uh, what should we call it environment in which the book takes place for example you know if you have like somebody's trapped in a snowstorm or whatever right right that's going to be difficult to sustain for three a whole books, series yeah. <laughs> for three books that that's a lot you're long still talking snow about snow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
1: i agree and i think that's where you get into looking i'm sure we're going we're moving in this direction but if you look at themes or your what your premise is going to be for the story versus your series has a premise so See, if your premise is the dire events that happen when so-and-so is trapped in a snowstorm and such, and they're running out of food, that's a good premise. But how can you break that down into three separate, equally exciting ones that would each be an entire novel, even if it was only 50,000 words? But we're talking about fantasy, so we're talking about 80 to 110, 120,000 words. Those are big books.
2: Hmm. Absolutely. So I think step number 1 here in this whole conversation is to say is this story I want to tell suited for a series wow. but for the sake of uh, not having to stop this podcast <laughs> episode already now, I think we have to we have um, to assume for now that this is the case that yes. you wanna write a series, otherwise this whole episode won't make much sense anymore. <laughs> no.
1: But I think that's a good step one is you gotta look at the idea and say, you know, like I said, so you come up with this idea of being lost in a snowstorm. So, okay, maybe is it the entire world is, you know, north of the wall and you're stuck in snow? Well, then that's suddenly mm-hmm. you're developing, you're expanding your timeline, your time frame. So maybe you can make a whole series about a snowy, Hoth-like world and be able to uh, make this really dredge out, or you're going to have to revisit your idea. until so you can break down the big idea into three separate little ideas that kind of fit into it. So let's say we're there. And so we're going to move on to the real question is, how do you go about plotting this? And when do you start writing the sequels? And how does that all work out once you decide that this really is going to be a series? Mm
2: hmm. Yeah. And I could. I think we actually talked about this in a past episode, but I could just reiterate here once again what our process is just for the sake of completeness here. Um, And just in case somebody can't remember what we said in there. I don't remember if it was last week or a couple of weeks ago, but I do remember saying this before. But let me just repeat it here then. So when we are creating a new series, we start out by creating a... Premise description Mm -hmm. for the entire series, and how to do that is exactly is explained in that brand new book on how to get story ideas. So just check that one out; it only costs you a couple of dollars. So everybody can manage that, I think. So (laughs) I'm not going to go into how to develop the premise here, but basically we create a premise for the entire series, and um, then once we have that, then we use that as sort of a guiding star so that we know okay this is the this is what the entire series is going to be about and what this is going to encompass and then we basically break that one down into a premise for each of the books in the series and in that way we start to understand how are we going to deliver on that guiding star
1: absolutely so
2: we don't we don't do any detailed plotting for this, so these uh, these premises are just short descriptions. It's probably a couple of sentences.
1: Yeah, very for high each level. I think the most high develop- level, maybe a paragraph. But yeah, you yeah. can get away with like two sentences, even for the series theme. It's not overly complicated. I mean, an example from my second trilogy is the series' whole premise was. Uh, a, one culture was trying to undo a punishment created by having lost an ancient battle. That was enough. Obviously, there's a lot in there you can mine out to separate what happens in each of the three books to fulfill this premise. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think
2: the the danger here is if, once you feel compelled to start putting in all those details in. Already at the beginning stages, you know, so we purposely make sure that we only plot the first book or or the current book that we're working on. So if we're done with the first book, then obviously we move on to book number two and so forth. But we're only doing the plot for the actual book that we are working on. And then we just leave all the rest with only the premises set. Because even though in our case, for example, we plot in quite a lot of detail, (laughs) <laughs> we are very focused on on all the small nuances uh, in the plot uh, before we even start writing. Yeah. But even though we do that, there's still going to be few things here and there that pops up during the writing of the first draft that isn't in the plot. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to waste efforts and we don't want to waste time. We want to be as efficient as we can. So hence starting to put in a lot of detailed plots on book two, three, four, five, et cetera, once we're still on book one number one, it's just going to be a waste of time because we have to correct all of it afterwards.
1: And I think I like to put it, um, so I like to, When I first did my first series, when I was writing alone, I would maybe work out, like, put in the seven steps of story structure. Going back to the beginning of this episode when we kind of hinted we, um, like, structure, um, I use the seven steps all the time, even in my personal writing. And maybe I would take the premise and I would put in the seven steps and I'd make sure that those are filled out pretty concretely for book one. And I might have them outline in two and three I might have an idea of which character is um, that book gonna be based on because that's typically how I often wrote I would have I juggle a ton of characters and that's just what i am known for in my personal fantasy writing so I'd mm-hmm. often pull out a different character as the main character for the sequel the next book or the next book and so I'd have some ideas of The things that that one's facing, some big things, what the inciting incident is, what the climax is, maybe one or two small hurdles, but it would be as I wrote book one. I would say, oh, this is going to be the thing that's going to, they're going to have to face that in book two, or they're going to face that in book three. And I'd just go run over to the uh, where I have that in Scrivener and saved, and I would drop it into the plotting notes so I wouldn't forget. And I could go back and look it up later, right when I needed it, like when I'm <laughs> working on the plot. So, But it stayed very high level, and it changed. It was much more fluid. You didn't spend days and days and days and, or weeks or months trying to work out these detailed plots when, you know, just having to me, having those files at least organized saying, Oh, I know I'm going to put this here. I'm going to put it there. That was enough that I could move forward knowing that it's going to be three books. I could name the books. I could brand the books. Heck, I could do the covers for the books even, and go ahead and even promote that it's going to be a trilogy, link them all together, but I could just be writing book one, which is pretty cool.
2: Yeah, and even beyond that, I would say for our first joint fiction book uh, that that we talked about that we're going to do next year, um, when we were doing the plotting for that one, not even got, haven't gotten it fast to write anything at all, but when we're just doing the plotting of it, it happened several times that I thought of something like, oh, okay, maybe we should do this in a later book then. Mm-hmm. So I now have a Word file with probably like, 30 items in it, where it just says, in some later book, and then I I have a sentence or two saying something that could happen. I have no idea if it's book two or book five, but it's just some ideas that I have so that once we then start plotting book number two, I can we can go to that file and pull it back out and see. Okay, is there anything in this list that actually fits in here? Yeah. Maybe some of it is never going to fit in anywhere. That's also <laughs> okay. It's just ideas. Right. But it's it's nice it's nice to have sort of it, it, at least for me, and I think this is not unique to me at all. I think it happens to most writers. But once you get into the narrative and the story of it, whether that could be just the plotting, if you plot in detail like we do, mm-hmm. or the actual writing but it will spark new ideas. You will start thinking about things that, <laughs> oh yeah, and this, then I could do this and, and I could do that. And it's just so good to just park them in that placeholder file absolutely, and just let it sit there and then come back to it later so it doesn't derail you here and now.
1: Yes. That's a very good way of doing it and saving them is so important. Because I think, I mean, especially especially if it's something that does happen that you're like, this is going to be perfect for having ramifications later. You don't want to have to reread your own book or you don't want to forget about it no, and leave this no, dangling exactly. thread that's going to drive you and readers insane. It's nice to have yeah. a place to park that, like you said, and and pick it up later. That is funny, though, because we've sort of answered the original question from Irish, which was sort of, when do you start writing the sequels if you're writing, if you are writing a trilogy? And basically, we're saying that, you know, as you're going through this, you're plotting one book at a time, you're saving your ideas into the, for the other books into these files, you're basically writing one book at a time. So you finish one and then you go to the next one and you plot that. Though I have to admit, if, when I was really fired up and really just chugging out these books... I would probably get about three quarters of the way through book one, and then I would start. I'd feel confident enough that I could start plotting book two, but not writing.
0: <laughs> I uh, have
1: okay. finished book one, or at least I think it was book two, and started book three the exact same day. I mean, I don't think I even took a breath. I'm like, oh, I, took, I finished the book. I'm not even going <laughs> to next i going to go and tell Facebook. I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm. I. I just had the idea for the first scene, so I kept writing. But I write them back to back, even though. I have written books, multiple books at the same time. I think we talked about that in a different episode. So I've written two books at hmm. once, but never in the same series because too many things can change. And if you it too soon, you're going to be kicking yourself because you're not going to be adding detail and you're going to have to go back and edit pretty heavily.
2: Yeah, and speaking of editing he- heavily and having major headaches and whatnot, uh, the the whole point that we've sort of touched upon a few times by now, the whole point about story structure really becomes important when we're dealing with series. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're just writing a standalone single book, you can more easily adjust as you go. You know, You know, for those who more rely more heavily on their intuition for story creation. You, that, that can work to some extent when you're doing a single book. But once you start juggling three, four, five, six books, <laughs> oh, if you don't have a proper story structure and you know, you, you have the, the arc plotted out, you know, the character arcs as well, where the, where things are going, going to change, so to speak, over time, you're going to have so much to do in editing that it yeah oh my god i can't even imagine the headaches (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah. i I still remember my first book my debut book and and when i discovered story structure because i think i got lost at chapter three i might have made it up to chapter nine before i really threw in the talents that i need to go back and figure out what i'm doing and learn plotting but It's just, that was, you know, that wasn't even a third of that book. That was a huge book. And so, yeah, I I can't imagine trying to do that and understand where the character is coming in and their character arc is making them change and that is affecting the plot and the plot is affecting the character arc and that whole bundle of things that becomes this giant ball of tension that explodes into the climax and plus you have to add the villain's arc and or the antagonist however you want to put it and all of that is coming together in this spiraling twisting dna strand of synergy doing that and doing it powerfully so that you have a really well connected and dynamic trilogy or series you If I can find someone who can do that off the top of their head and hasn't written like 30 books, I would just be so astounded because I can't imagine doing it. But maybe someone's a a savant uh, writer and they just could do it out of instinct. But man, not me. No, well, I'll,
2: I'll make a bold claim here. And I, I will say <laughs> that if anybody says that they can do that, I do not believe it.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I don't old. care
2: how, how acclaimed they are. I don't care if they're Stephen King. I do not believe it. What I do believe is that they can, they can write the books, but they will spend a ton of time editing it to make it make sense. And, and the progression is just right from one book to the next, etc. Nobody is able to do this intuitively without any structure in place. Or if they do, then they've just decided that okay, I'm just going to write it, and then I will make sure it all makes sense afterwards. And then you you spend just as more, uh, just as much time, or even more during the editing. Mm-hmm. Which, is his own, that's absolutely fine. You can do it however you want. I just feel like I would rather spend a bit more time plotting up front, so I don't have to redo work that I I hate redoing work. Mm-hmm. So once I've written the first draft, I rather move straight into. <laughs> editing it so that it sounds nice but the whole story is there the arc is there on the character arcs and the the story progression is already there because also when when we are talking about these character arcs if you have a six book series Hmm. the changes in the character should have happen incremental throughout with each book Hmm. it shouldn't be so that in book number six, you can see that the author all of a sudden figured out, oh, I heard somebody said something on a podcast once about character <laughs> arc. And then in book number six, all of a sudden the character changes and everything happens in one book because I just remembered now that before I finish the series, uh, I should also have a character arc where the character changes. Yeah, That's not how it works. No. You know, it is a gradual progression and that can be difficult to handle Again, unless you want to do the whole thing in editing, be my guest, but I, I wouldn't. But no. it can be difficult to do unless you know where you're heading and you, you have a firm understanding. Like like it was just discussed in that Facebook uh, thread there that, that we talked about a mm-hmm. bit earlier, right? Where people were saying that it's important to study writing and understand the structures of stories. And I do firmly believe that that's true, because if you understand how structures works in a story, how character arcs works, then you will be able to embed it into your series. And you're just, again, going to save yourself so much headache.
1: You will. And it will help, you know, prove your plotting. You'll know how you're going. And it's funny, while we're talking about this, all only thing that popped in my mind was, so you think George R.R. R. Martin is a plotter? <laughs> I answered my own question because book seven is still not finished or released. And he managed to give the information to the filming agency so that they could create their own script and create their own using his framework and what he planned to happen to create the final episode. So, There you go. So, George R. R. Martin, that's the only way to handle the, what, 150 named characters plus how many others that he's got going on in those books. So, yeah, it shows, I think, a level of, I wouldn't even call it professionalism, but it's a level of understanding the depth of storytelling that if you want to have something that's really layered and impactful and full attention and you have your characters shifting and changing And it fits the plots. What happens, it doesn't just happen because you need it to happen then because, you know, you need your character to change, but that the plot has wrangled them and massaged them enough that the change is reflected and makes sense so that readers are surprised but also understand. That doesn't happen unless you've sat down and thought about it quite a lot. And that comes with plotting. And when you're going to do that over the course of several books, I mean, me like with all my characters i like to actually have characters who have arcs that i mean the one that is tied to that book they have a character arc that ends begins and ends in that book but then they Mm. go on to the next book and they could have a character arc that spans two books but because they're not tied to the plot as tightly and all of that when you're juggling like six or so. I'm not going to admit how many characters are in my six book series. (laughs) When you're juggling (laughs) that and keeping readers engrossed and keeping everyone straight, you don't do that unless you have it written out. You have that framework in place.
2: Yeah. The other thing is also that it's important that each book is interesting on its own. It shouldn't be so that, uh, for example, if you have a trilogy, then book number one—that's usually exciting, right? Because then everything is starting out on "whoa, this is this is a new adventure," and yeah, everybody loves it. Yeah. And the third book is also very exciting because we get to the final battle. There is the climax of the entire story. Everything is nice and dandy there as well, and then book number two there is just like a placeholder sitting in between there, right? There were, and that doesn't work, you know, and again, the if you can embed every single book in the series with story structure, then each of them will also be an interesting read on their own. And they have to be, it has to, they have to have their own conflicts as well. It can't be just like, yeah, this is then the middle book where it's all about <laughs> them traveling half across the countries. And then they have, there's a few fireplaces talks throughout, but that's it, you know? Yeah. Nobody no, wanted I, to read that.
1: You don't want to see that inverse bell curve in the tension graph where it's like, book one's exciting, <laughs> no. book two is like, oh, why did I bother picking this up? i just picking up book three because I'm hoping it's exciting again. No, I, it yeah, really yeah. should be an escalation where you're getting more and more exciting, where book two is more intense. And I mean, I know I've seen readers say that on some of my books that it's like, i rarely read a second book that, you know, is better than the first, but that's what you want readers to be saying. They want to say, oh my gosh, I mean, I have a, between book two and book three, I have a hundred percent read-through rate because they're tied so tightly and you just have to know. But at the same time, the story that starts in each book, book one has its own premise, and it begins and ends in book one. Book two has a Mm. premise, and it begins and ends in book two. And the same thing with book three, but they're all tied together by this bridge of this premise that is the series premise. That, if you can do that, and you can create this tightly knit series where each book is standalone, but equally, actually even more exciting than the one previously, oh, just readers, a store it. And I have to admit, when I was a teenager, oh, when I found books like that, oh, well, that's why I write them now, isn't it? Because that's what just, you get so engrossed and it's like, homework? No. Food? No. I'm just reading this. (laughs) I don't care. It's 3 a.m. and I have a test in chemistry in the morning. I am doing this. And that's that's exciting. And that's what you want to do. And that's what you want to find as a reader. And that's what you want to write as a writer.
2: Yeah. And I just thought about when you said that,
1: Mm. especially in fantasy,
2: yeah. I feel like it's with with a series, we really need to be a bit careful with the overpowered characters as well.
1: Oh, yeah, that's very true. Because
2: in series, that really becomes a problem sometimes in, <laughs> yes. in some stories, where it's just like, well, okay, honestly, I gave up at book number six in the Wheel of Time series, but oh. but the main character there, Rand, he's he's becoming like this Superman kind of thing, you know. And and I, I mean, some people enjoy that. That's fine. But I just feel like you, you need to be careful with overpowering the characters as you progress through the series. Because if you get to a stage where the reader basically knows that nothing can beat this person, then it takes out a lot of the tension yeah. of the story. You you have to keep the reader right there on the balance where they're not quite sure if this guy's going to make it or not. Right. That's, that's where you want to keep them. But if it's like godlike powers and you are immortal almost or whatever then (laughs) yeah I mean okay of course of course there's also interesting stories about vampires who are immortal and stuff like that but then you have to come up with some some other threats that really you know I loved and one of Anne Rice's books where the I guess it's Lestat Mm -hmm. but I think it is but he is so powerful uh, once you get far enough into those books but at some point he wants to feel what it's like being a human again so he actually finds i can't remember if it's like a shaman or something but there's some magic involved <laughs> and somebody's able to take your body and you shift body with somebody else and then he does that
1: yes i remember then, that
2: yeah and it is just so amazing that story because he wants to get back in his vampire body but what if this guy just don't, don't want to shift back? Yeah. Because now he has the vampire body and he's a million times stronger than Lestat is in a human body, right? So yeah. he can do nothing. So it, it the entire story is really why how he's he comes up with a plan on how to trick this person so he can get back into his vampire body. And it, it's it's I like that, you know? So that kind of thing works. But my point is just that if you want to do something like that, if you do have a really overpowered character you have to work extremely hard at coming up with something that makes it an, an intriguing read because just throwing five dragons at him, it's not, it, who cares, right? I mean, he's immortal.
1: Right, yes, and I think that's such a great point because it does, it, when series lose that excitement and that tension because you just feel like, oh, well, the hero can handle it. I'm just reading it because they're my best friend, but it's lost that flavor and that excitement. And it's very easy to do as your character becomes, you know, the character arc continues and they become so strong and proficient at their magic or whatever they can do. They're just fantastic heroes. And I mean, I still remember that even from Dragonlance, you know, the heroes become so great, but a lot of them kind Mm. of die off before they get to the point where you feel like they're immortal, they're facing mortality. So you feel that. And I think that is a very, such a valid point. And I, something I had a hard time with my first time out writing a series is it's so easy to make your characters get powerful, but then you are having to make sure that your antagonists, your villains are equally powerful. You have to make sure that there's still weaknesses. So I do think people, originally writers when they're doing character arcs think that you know the proficient becoming proficient in magic is important but that doesn't have to mean that they have all powerful encompassing powers that you know they can still just if they're a water elemental they only control water you don't need to give them the control out of fire earth and air because well that's just getting crazy and then you can't defeat them and it's becoming you know you've got to keep it you got to keep the weaknesses there as well as the strengths, and you have to show progression in possibly other ways than just power. Otherwise, you're going to be writing yourself into a little boxed corner of, oh, how do I? I'm going to have to bring out the gods at this point to destroy this character. <laughs> and that's not a character yeah. I planned on writing, but there you go.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I think, apart from all this story structure and character arcs and all this other stuff that is really about well say the the writing itself. I would want to just take a sidestep here and talk a bit about the writer, him or herself mm. if if that's alright. Oh, absolutely. Because I feel like apart from all the writing craft stuff that we basically is what we've been talking about for about for like 25 minutes or something <laughs> like that. But the other thing that I really feel that can't be neglected is that you also have to ask yourself, can you commit to write a series?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Because, you know, writing one novel is a lot of work, but a series, wow, you know, you're you're talking a whole new level of commitment (laughs) here. So, yeah, I I think it's just worth mentioning that before you jump into the deep end of the pool here, which (laughs) I did, you know, I started out saying, okay, I'm just going to write a trilogy and I jumped straight into the deep end and it, it can work. I mean, I wrote the entire trilogy, so it's not that it can't work, but I'm just saying that maybe sometimes it' at least worth considering if you want to dip your toes into the water and maybe start off with a standalone or something first. Just mm-hmm. um, You can still tie that standalone into the series. Uh, maybe it's something that happens a hundred years before or... After or whatever you want to do, so that it still ties together with the series in one way or another, but I just feel like it's it's worth considering if if you can commit to that because it is a lot of work.
1: Yes, I think that's a fantastic point. Yeah, we we both just dove right into trilogies on our first bet out, but yeah, but I yeah. I think
2: we've sorted out or concluded by now through all these podcasts that we are insane anyways, So yeah, don't yeah. listen to
1: us. I, I've told more than enough people that I'm definitely jumping to the fire just so maybe you don't have to. So this is a fantastic word of warning that it's it's a lot of work. I mean, that was three years plus. I rewrote the first book a couple of times to learn what i was doing because it was my debut so that was like five years of my life um and then i went and wrote a second trilogy in the same world but why not i got a little bit faster but they are a lot of work and it there's nothing wrong with maybe coming up with a novella first seeing if you like the characters like the world Make sure that you've really got it in you to keep going because it's horrible to disappoint readers to write something that you're planning. You know, you leave all these loose ends and you get to the end of the book and you're like, I really just don't want to write book two and three. It's, you know, don't do that to readers. It's just that I I try not to pick up series until I know they're complete because it's so painful otherwise. And a lot of readers feel the same way.
2: Yeah, that is absolutely true. And I think it's basically safe to conclude that there is... Maybe, well, two or three elements here, depending on how you look at it. One is the writer, him or herself. Can you commit to write an entire series? Because the demand and the work involved in that is is a lot. Yeah. So think about that. Uh, and then the second part, and I guess this could be two things or one thing, yeah, depending on how we look at it, but understand plotting, understand story structure. Those two things are pretty important and i know that there are a lot of people out there who don't want to plot and that's absolutely fine but at least understand the whole line of thinking that we started out with about creating that premise per the series first and then per book below Mm -hmm. so that you know that overall all this stuff you know it it fits together and and it's not just like a random book here and then <laughs> something else happened over there and you know that everything fits together before you start that is incredibly important uh, and it, it will really help you even if you don't want to do all the detailed plotting and and that stuff that that's fine but but at least put those guiding stars in place from from the get-go
1: yes i think there's a fantastic summary to this podcast <laughs> All right, so next Monday, it's all about character
2: creation. We will explain how to use the anagram types to create great characters for your
0: novel. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the M Writing Fantasy podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.